Hello, everyone. My name is Brian Shoning. I'm here with my co-host, Chap Grub, on the Repod It podcast. We are really, really excited to introduce a member of our team today, Samantha Brown. Chap, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce Samantha for us? Yeah, so Sam's not only the our VP of operations here at Rerouted, the person that really keeps the the train on the track, so to speak, here. But Samantha's also my lovely fiance, Brian B. Uh, we're happy and excited to have her on the show today. Sam, why, why don't you uh, tell everybody hello and say a little bit about yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Samantha. And like Chap said, um, I'm his life partner and business partner. So that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, I don't, it's pretty much what I got, I think. Well, I mean, you, like I said, you really kind of keep all the group moving in the right direction on a operational standpoint. And we, we couldn't do this without you, Sam. Yeah. I was, I was going to mention that Sam's the one that keeps on top of all of us and makes sure that we all get our, we all get our work done. Uh, every, every morning we're, we're doing check-ins with Sam and, and she's keeping all of us on track with whatever tasks we need to do. I, I work really, really closely with Sam and on a one-on-one basis uh, as it comes to the content release schedule, anything that you guys see on social media, uh, all of that is, is being kind of overlooked and, and posted by Sam. So we, we would not be able to do the stuff that we're doing right now with, without you. So there's a lot, a lot more to it than just being Chaps business partner and life partner. But that's not what this is all about. We want to get a really good story from you and hear about some of your outdoor adventures uh, so that people can get to know you a little bit better. So we always talk about with our, with our guests, we always talk about, you know, a specific piece of gear that kind of is really, really dear to them. And, and you mentioned that you had a story that included a couple of pieces of gear. So we'll, we'll just get, get right down to it. Um, give, us a, give us a little background. Where do we, where did we go on this adventure? Sweet. Okay, awesome. Well, um, I will start by letting everybody know that this was a rerouted work trip. Um, one that I got to go on before it would have it would have been, I guess, two falls ago now. So it would have been uh, 2019 fall. Um, I was driving, we were working with the um, American Alpine Club um, doing their cragging classics. Um, Chap was currently on the East Coast um, attending some of the Cragging Classics, and I was hitting some of the ones on the West Coast. And uh, I had a buddy with me, actually, he was previously on the show, Ha. Um, and we drove uh, from New Mexico up to Oregon together um, in our, what was it? It's a 1998 Forerunner. Uh, four um which is oh we have we have a bunch of forerunners on the show megan has a has a forerunner and and her podcast will come out a little bit a little bit after this one so people will get to this might be the introduction to uh to forerunners on the repod podcast but we'll we'll have many forerunners in the future i've got i've got guests guests lined up that that all have forerunners it's a that's that's the that's the good era too that that kind of 98 to to 2004 i i'm a big big fan of those forerunners Anyway, continue. I missed that forerunner. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we drove, we took a road trip up. Um, we were going to Smith Rock right outside of Bend, Oregon. Um, we, like I said, we were doing the Cragging Classic there. And, you know, during the daytime, nobody's really in camp. So we didn't need to be there. So um, Hawk hadn't really been climbing a whole lot at the time. And quite frankly, neither had I. But 
um, Chap had sent me with his entire climbing rack, right? So uh, that's where the gear comes into play. Um, it's actually not any of it was mine. Um, I got to take his whole rack with me. Um, and I was starting to feel a little guilty because I hadn't taken it to use it at, while I had been out on this trip. And I was like, so I was like, you really got to like step step it up, right? Because I'd been a little um, hesitant to, to lead climb. Um, I just don't think that I had the mental game really going right then. So uh, half and I, one of the morning. Sam, Sam, will you just tell the audience, just give them a three sentence description of what lead climbing is, what the difference between top roping and lead climbing is? Um, lead climbing is where I'm tied into the rope, but I'm placing pieces of gear um, as I climb to protect me. So I don't, um, there's nothing above me keeping me from falling necessarily. Um, did I give a good enough explanation? Yeah. And then top roping is where after, <coughs> excuse me, somebody has lead climb or lead climbed, you're able to follow up on the rope and the rope is above you at any point. So when you're falling, you're not falling below where you are. When you're lead climbing, you can take much bigger falls. The risk is bigger. The reward is bigger for when you get to the top. But Sam's talking about going lead climbing um, out, out on this adventure. Yeah, and it should be said that I'm not a sport climber. Um, Chap taught me to climb on trad gear. So that's traditional climbing gear. That's where you place pieces of gear traditionally in cracks or, you know, mostly just cracks. Um, you're not clipping bolts. And so I'm lead climbing on trad gear um, in Smith Rock. Um, so Hoff and I get up, you know, early Saturday morning, we walk down. It's, if you've never been to Smith Rock outside of Bend, Oregon, it is breathtaking. It is so beautiful. You hike down into a canyon, there's a river down at the bottom. Um, and it's got, not only does it have amazing sport climbing, but it also has some pretty amazing traditional climbing also. So um, we kind of find a, our, our way, I can't remember the exact area that I'm climbing in, but we go right at the bottom of the, when we get to the bottom of the trail and we're following kind of the canyon bottom um, cliff face. And I find something I didn't have, a, I didn't have like a, a mountain project up. So I didn't even know what I was climbing, but I looked at something and I was like, this looks like something I could lead climb. So I get myself all psyched up and Hoff is belaying me and I'm you know, I'm lead climbing and I get like halfway up and I just like, I'm like, Hoff, you got to take, you got to take. And I'm literally just like my whole body shaking because the mental game of like lead climbing on trad gears, for me, it's something that I'm not super strong in. And because I, I let chap climb a lot of lead, a lot of the climbs because it's easier that way. And then I get to just like go up and have fun. But, um, so I don't really push myself in that regard. And so I was really pushing myself. And I remember after taking that break, I was like, you're not going to stop. And I got to the top and I like, I just remember just feeling this like wave of like euphoria of like, yeah, you actually did it. And I got down, he lowers me down. And I like, I was, I was like, oh no, I know that I'm going to be so sore. And I kid you not, 
I don't think my upper body, I must've just been like way over gripping everything that entire climb because I got done from that climb and literally was just like, so gripped. And I so sore the next day, like for the next four days in a row, my whole upper body was just dying. And so, um, but what was really cool, I picked a, a climb that I, um, and then I actually got two more leads in right after that. But that first one, I think, was just like really hard for me to get past. Well, that's awesome. A recurring thing on on the Repot It podcast, we we talk about kind of success and failure in, in the outdoors and kind of what it means to have a, a successful trip. And pushing yourself in that sense is really, really important in terms of of kind of having a, a successful trip. Chap, you obviously lead climb a lot because you guys, you guys go climbing a lot. So um, talk a little bit about, Samantha was talking about the, the mental aspect of lead climbing and kind of the way that you have to wrap your own head around, around what you're doing. Talk to, as somebody who does that a lot, talk to us just a little bit about kind of that mental aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And Sam, a lot, I love that story. That's one of my favorite stories about Samantha. And I'm so, I, I did teach her how to crack climb first because there's, when you're clipping bolts, it's just a whole different thing. But both require this mental focus and mental awareness of how your body and mind are working together. And one of the things that I would say is, you know, Sam getting out and pushing her comfort zone in a way that's safe is what we always want to inspire here at Rerouted. And that's so cool to hear her talk about because I know she was scared and I know she was pushing herself, but at the same time, at no point was it dangerous because she knew what she was doing. She was well-educated and she, she pushed her limits without being unsafe. And I think that's so cool to hear. And I, and I want to know, Sam, when you got that euphoric feeling when you were coming down and thinking about that experience. What, what's, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen you lead three lead climbs in a day before that day. Right. So that must've meant something to you. Can you talk a little bit about that takeaway? Well, I was, <laughs> I mean, so like I'll do a lead climb when I'm climbing with chap, usually like he'll push me to do at least one every time we go out climbing. Um, and the experience was really different. Um, and validating, I guess, for me that like, I was capable of um, pushing myself out of my comfort zone and doing something that I love to do and not relying on chap to make it happen for me, right? I, um, it was either, it was, I was either going to do it or it wasn't going to get, it wasn't going to happen, right? So the only way I was going to get to do something that I love was that I needed to be the one that did it. And I think that that in itself is a really um, rewarding feeling, right? I got done with that, that day, like being like, oh, I can do this by myself. I don't need anybody else to do this for me. I am capable. I'm strong enough. And I think that that is um, a huge stepping stone in like, forward progress is when you push yourself to do something like that um, on your own without anybody else really being there 
you know. So the gear is the gear that you're referencing that's meaningful and sentimental to you is my my trad rack. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, no, I, so I think that's I think that's a really good point about kind of pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. And Chap, yeah. I love what you said about this being one of your favorite stories about uh, Sam in the outdoors. And even though you weren't there, you just kind of like look back on it with a lot of pride because it's something it's something that she chose to do. And like she was saying, either she was going to do it or it wasn't going to happen. Either she was going to do it or they were going to drive out there and then just drive back. And like, I mean, we talked to Hoff. Hoff seems like a pretty fun road trip partner. So like that probably wouldn't have been the worst day in the world, but um, it was, it, that that's a really interesting point that it's like, either you're going to push yourself or the, you know, this potentially really, really cool experience isn't going to happen. Uh, and I think that's a, a really cool aspect of the outdoors. It's something that makes it scary for sure. But um, talk to me a little bit more about just kind of that, that aspect of it where, where you're, you know, I, the idea of pushing yourself in the outdoors, even just getting out for a lot of people is, is pushing themselves. And I, and I don't think that should be lost necessarily, but it was, it was really, really cool to hear you talk about uh, how, you know, you will do it with, with chap. He'll, he'll, you know, make you lead climb one, once or twice when you guys are out, but to do it on your own without kind of that, that safety blanket there for lack of a better term. Um, I think that's, I think that's a really interesting point to expand on. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's super important to realize that, especially for me, right? Like, um, I don't want to pretend like I, it's easy for me to like get out the door, right? Like it's, if you can take the first few steps in getting out the door, regardless of whether that's like going on a walk or going out to rock climb, like it's the hardest part of that day is literally making yourself go outside. Um, thankfully for me, you know, when you're out in the wilderness and you're camping, it's, um, I feel like that barrier of actually getting out and doing something's a little lower. And I think you're right. You know, like I could have definitely, um, kind of been like, well, we got down there, I carried all the gear and I could have looked at a bunch of climbs and been like, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. We, we had fun. We went on a hike, you know, we'll go we went and bathed into the river after we got done, you know, cause that's what you do when you're in a car for two weeks without bathrooms, <laughs> you go like jump in the river and like wash yourself kind of dirt bag style. Um, so it's, it's definitely, I think it's definitely a bigger mental game than it is a physical challenge, right? Like you can, obviously the physical always makes a play and everything, but it's, mental toughness and your ability to push yourself past the boundaries of the limits that your mind sets on yourself, right? Like all the limitations that I feel like we put on ourselves are completely mental. You can make yourself, your body's more capable than you give it credit for. And if you can get past that mental game that you're playing with yourself, um, I think you've won right? It doesn't matter what you do after you've beat the mental game for the day. Like as soon as you've played the game and you beat the mental side, you're a step closer to being closer to reaching that goal or completing that, you know, it's just whatever it is. Um, it's all that's, that's awesome, Sam. Those are, 
great points and I want to highlight and key into a couple of things you said. I agree. I think a lot of times we've all seen it. The hardest part about the day is starting it, right? It's so easy to come up with an excuse to not go out and do whatever it is. So easy to find some reason and I'm guilty of it as anybody. And so just remembering that those first couple steps are so important and that, you know, just pushing your mind a little bit, you can gain so much without being dangerous, without being unsafe. And that that's so cool. And Sam, I, I know you didn't bring it up, but I think that one of the pieces of the gear that I think of when I think of you is the the sleeping bag that your dad took on the the Pacific Crest Trail. Do you want to talk about that for you give us give us five minutes of that before we wrap up because it's a great story. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got this. How old am I? I don't want to age myself. Um, <laughs> oh my God, that sleeping bag's like probably 40 years old at this point, at least. Like it could be a year or two older. So let's, let's, let's just say that it was like late seventies. Older yeah. than we are. Yeah. I, yeah. No. So it's a, it's a fairly old sleeping bag. Um, it's a, it's a light baby blue down sleeping bag that my dad. Um, Why do so- I feel like my dad has the exact same sleeping bag? That's so weird. He has this like big baby blue, like super big down sleeping bag. That must have been that must have been the go to back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? It's possible, but um, it's my favorite. Um, I prefer to sleep in that sleeping bag than any other sleeping bags that we have. Sometimes I'll take that one and put it in one of our warmer ones because it's um, not as effective. But uh, yeah, my dad took that on the Pacific Crest Trail with his buddy when he was 19 years old, cross-country skiing. Um, I think that they started um, in like the middle of California somewhere it had to have been like where the mountains get snow right because they're doing this in the winter time and they're cross-country skiing they weren't hiking this trail um and they went from somewhere in california to the canadian border um and they were gone for about three or four months i think um and they had planned it out where they had drops my grandmother was um mailing all this dried fruit and like stuff that they had prepared before ahead of time and they'd go pick it up at like different post offices um along the way it uh I don't even know I can't even think of like the logistics of how that would work today with how many people are on that trail but um what's super exciting and maybe this will get people interested is that I am working with my dad currently um he's got a bunch of those photos as slides and we're going to try and get some of those printed up and we're going to have him join us um, on the podcast sometime in January to talk all about that trip specifically. And hopefully I will have pictures for everyone. So, yeah. That's awesome, Sam. Um, I'm really, I'm really stoked to hear that there's, you know, kind of a a familial piece of gear, I I suppose that is, that is still in use. Um, I know that we, uh, in our, in our family, we have we have a lot of them um, that that just like we talk one of the another common recurring theme of that we talk about on the podcast and also just 
kind of the point of rerouted is that this gear is meant to last and these gear this gear can have you know different kind of life cycles throughout it throughout its its lifespan and it's awesome to hear that you're using a 40 year old sleeping bag that you know it it might not be it might not be the most high tech you know top of the line <laughs> you know a lot has happened in in outdoor gear technology in the last uh 40 years or so especially with with sleeping bags but we we talk about this life cycle of gear a lot it's something that is at the forefront of our mind and in, in what we're trying to do and get used and get used gear uh out out to people and and get it a second life so it's it's really cool to hear that you have a story about that as well um usually this is where we have people uh blow up their own their own social media but uh how about you give us give us the rerouted the rerouted social media once or twice here so yeah give us, us sam i was gonna say give us the um they hear me pitch it all the time so give us the outsider pitch and why should people come follow rerouted social media and then tell us where to find us? Okay. So, uh, rerouted social media. Um, we work really hard to produce content for you guys. That is useful. Um, you know, like we do the wilderness Wednesdays where we're giving you tips and things for safety and in the outdoors while you're outdoor adventuring. Um, you know, we're trying to keep the content really on method with what rerouted is and what we um, are striving to do, which is make the world a better place. So um, that's why I think you should come and follow rerouted. We have a passion Woo! to protect the wilderness and we want to make it accessible to everybody. So that's what I think. Um, you can find us on Instagram at rerouted.com. CO, I believe. I'm just checking that. Yep. Rerouted.co. <laughs> Positive. Um, yep. <laughs> we can, you can find us on Facebook at Rerouted. Um, we have a Twitter chat. Please fill in the Twitter. Oh, it's at Get Rerouted and at Chap underscore chats for my personal Twitter. Oh, well. And then uh, we have a LinkedIn account. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I... Check out our happy hours. Check okay, out this Keep listening to this sweet podcast. And then the last thing I just wanted to mention is, I believe still pinned to the top of our Facebook page is Samantha Brown's radical documentary that Megan Ryan, who's an upcoming guest on our podcast, made about Sam. So we'll make sure to get that all reshared in spirit of celebrating samantha for being an amazing teammate and an amazing vp of ops here at rerouted brian you want to wrap it up yeah no i think that was great sam thanks so much for joining us from uh from sam chap and i here at rerouted that has been repotted thank you guys